Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 107 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Very fitting that the podcast episode ends in the number seven, because this is the Rugby Town 7's episode. Obviously, there's some other stuff going on in the world of rugby that I could talk about right now, like the MLR draft and the Premier Rugby 7's teams announcing their team names and logos and all that good stuff. But we're going to save all that for next week, so don't you worry. I've got it in my notes. We'll, we'll go over all that stuff next week. But this week, we're going to talk about the Rugby Town 7's that's coming up this weekend, August 20th through the 22nd. So by the time you're listening to this show, good chance the matches have already have started over at Infinity Park. So we're going to jump into the Rugby Town 7's episode uh, by jumping into the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby and Infinity Park. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. So make sure you go check those guys out. So, like I said, this is Rugby Town 7's episode of this podcast. This is my favorite tournament of the year. I'm excited to watch some good rugby. Didn't happen last year, obviously, with the COVID stuff. The global pandemic put a put a halt to a lot of different things. And Rugby Town 7's was one of those things. So I'm going to take you through some information so that you can enjoy this weekend just as much as I will. So we'll go ahead and start by talking about the pools and Pool A. Uh, this is the military bracket. We have Army Rugby Union. Old Breed Select Sevens, which is the Marines. They're just playing under Old Breed Select Sevens. We've got the U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Coast Guard, and the U.S. Navy to round out Pool A. Pool B, we got D-Block Santa Rosa. Uh, a lot of high-flying Fijians on that team. They're going to be a fun one to watch. we got the Oregon Sharks, which is bringing down some heavy hitters from MLR. We've got another MLR team. Oh, and actually the only MLR team in this tournament. Sabercat Sevens out of Houston. A friend of the program, Nick Boyer, will be playing on that team. SoCal Griffins and then USA U23s. Talk a little bit about, about USA U23s here in a second. Pool C, we got Denver 7 Selects. Uh, we got Gorilla Rugby, Roots Rugby, Samurai RFC, which is supposed to be a heavy hitter of a team as well. Tsunami Barbarians. And then in Pool D, we've got Barbados 7s, Colorado Exos, North American Lions, the 2019 champion Ramblin' Jesters, and Team Germany. So that's the German National 7s team rounding out Pool D. So Friday from 11 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. will consist of pool play, just all, just rugby, literally all day long, every 20 minutes. 
there's a different rugby match happening, which is awesome. On Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. will be the final matches of pool play and earlier in the day than the Armed Forces Championship and the beginning of the playoff matches as we get into some hardware stuff. A little tidbit about the Armed Forces Championship is that Army and Marines are the only two teams that have ever won the Armed Forces Championship, and they're not allowed to compete in this championship due to some Department of Defense rules related to COVID. Uh, so Marines won the first championship in 2012, and Army has won the seven Armed Forces Championships since then. So there will be a new Armed Forces champion for the first time ever, which I think is kind of fun. So it'll be between Coast Guard, Air Force, and Navy, you know, duking it out for their first Armed Forces championship. So that'll be kind of a fun thing to watch for. And then on Sunday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., I think is when the tournament wraps up, will consist of all the playoff matches to decide the winners of the cup. So that's the first place. And if you win first place in this tournament, your team wins 10 grand. So that'll be, you know, the, the 10 grand grand prize and the cup will be decided. Second place, of course, third place, uh, the plate, bowl, and shield. So that's a unique thing about this tournament, too, is you, you have the opportunity to take home some hardware and some trophies and, and all that good stuff, um, even if you're playing for some of the lower you know, spots in in the bracket per se, but I, that is something I like, and it just makes it interesting. Like, it's something to play for throughout the entire weekend, and that just makes things you know interesting to watch. Kind of like gambling. Like, you can gamble on a preseason game that really does not matter, but if you got you know five, ten bucks on it, it keeps you interested. And I think that's kind of the same way of this tournament. So, like I mentioned, the Colorado Exos have a team, so we will of course be keeping a close eye on them throughout the weekend. I'll be providing updates and all that good stuff on the Twitter machine. Uh, there's some Colorado XOs playing elsewhere too, which I think is kind of cool. So we got Sean Clark, friend of the program. He's been on twice. And David Still, another friend of the program. They will play for the USA U23s at Rugby Town 7. So if you listen to the show a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, director of recruiting for the XOs, Peter Pask was on talking about how those guys were, you know, going to get a look during this tournament and they very well could play themselves into a, you know, Sevens residency program or something at Chula Vista if they play well enough, which I have all the, you know, confidence in the world in those guys. I think David Stills going to be awesome. He, he's just, the way he's picked up rugby so quick, I uh, would not put it past him to have a stellar tournament and, and play himself into some opportunities. A couple more XOs, former XOs, Malik Bryant, Campbell Johnstone, and DJ Stewart, three guys that played for the XOs last spring, will be on the Denver Sevens team this weekend, so you can keep out an eye for them. And, of course, the you know Colorado XO team's got a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that didn't play for the XOs back in the spring have just come in in the summer and are going to you know stretch their legs playing some Sevens, so it's going to be fun to watch, and we'll be tweeting about it. We'll be you know posting about it all weekend. Just keep a close eye on the DNVR underscore rugby Twitter. Keep up with all the fun stuff happening at Rugby Town Sevens this weekend. Better yet, you could just come. Tickets are super cheap. I think by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be $15 for a single-day ticket, like 25 or 30 bucks for a weekend pass. You can come watch all those matches for 30 bucks, which is awesome. You can come and go as you please, which I think is you know very beneficial. So you can pop in, go do you know run home for a little bit, then come back, catch the night games. So I would just recommend coming to check it out. And then, of course, you can stream it on RugbyTown7s.com. And that kind of leads into all the rugby you can watch this weekend because that's the only thing I have listed. Watch RugbyTown7s on RugbyTown7s.com or just come buy a ticket, come out to the tournament. It's going to be some free arcade games up on the Festival Plaza. So you can come get that work from me on NBA Jam. All you got to do is DM me and I will come play NBA Jam with you. I promise I love playing NBA Jam. So that's what I got for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. There's obviously some more. But this is local. 
This is an awesome tournament that's been gone for 727 days with the absence of it in 2019, or excuse me, 2020. So just come check it out. It's going to be a blast. I'm super pumped for it. I've been, you know, doing all this stuff leading up to it, and I'm just ready to, to get it going, and I'm ready to watch some good rugby, and I want everyone to come out and join me. So we'll go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. We've got World Rugby Commentator, former USA Sevens player, host of the Rugby Hive, and the voice of Rugby Town USA, Down Stanford. Uh, I've been running around Infinity Park with Down over the last couple of days, and it's just been an awesome experience. He's so knowledgeable about this entire tournament, just rugby in general. I've seen firsthand just how hard he works to make sure that he gets on the mic to do his absolute best work during the tournament. Uh, you know, he's he's known for his, you know, his quick one-liners and his funny jokes and you know, these, these crazy nicknames, but I don't think people realize how much work actually goes into all that. So it was fun to kind of talk it up with him and just see his process and really see how hard he works and how many people he talks to and gets information from and all the stuff that he reads and all the, you know, research that he does online just to get all this, this stuff to get a, put a good broadcast on for us, the viewers. Uh, it's been really cool. And Dallin, just an all-around great guy. Just cool to see how many people he knows and talks to throughout the day. Uh, like I said, just all around great guy. I'm glad I got to spend some time with him these last few days. I'm very thankful that he jumped on the podcast with me for the third time. So with that long introduction, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with world rugby commentator, former USA Sevens player, host of the Rugby Hive, and the voice of Rugby Town USA, Dallin Stanford. All right, now we welcome back onto the show a very special guest. We got USA Sevens Eagle, world rugby commentator, the voice of Rugby Town USA, Known for his work at the Rugby Hive as well. I think I covered all the bases. All right, down. I think you did. I think you did. It's uh, <laughs> it, it, there's been a, quite a few things over the years, and uh, just brilliant to be here in person. I know it feels feels great. So if you haven't picked up on the voice, is down Stanford. I think this is your third time on the podcast. Down. Thank you for always taking some time out of your day to come chat with me. I really appreciate it. And like you said, we're in person. We're here at we're here at Glendale at Infinity Park, ready to do this 2021 Rugby Town 7. So how's it going, first of all? It's going great. It really is, you know, such a privilege to be here that the event is on. Last year was obviously very tough for everybody and the fact that we had to do a remote broadcast that we've really seen in 2019, you know, it wasn't ideal. And so it's really so nice that everything's organized. The 20 teams are here. We are raring to go. Yes. Had to make the best out of it last year. I think that was just the motto is make the best out of the situation. But it is, feels awesome to be back and talking to you in person. So Dan, what have you been up to? know that like you said last time I talked to you is just kind of weird because you know your life is calling rugby sevens and calling live rugby and there wasn't any live rugby fortunately there was this year so what have you kind of been up to in 2021 yeah so first of all it, during 2020 my wife and I actually moved back to New England where she's from to a small little beach town uh, called Westport in Massachusetts on the way to Cape Cod we had we did have a very nice time you know being in the countryside not being near people where we had lived in Los Angeles with 15 million people we were in a town of 15,000 so it was oh, really wow. nice change you know uh, <laughs> what, what, what's the what are you trying to like eat up there like you like clam chowder now do you like lobster lobsters for sure yeah. love lobsters uh, and a lot more seafood which is great so I grew up in Cape Town and so that Africa yeah. on the coast, lots of seafood, obviously a lot of meat dishes too. Um, not a big fan of clam chowder yet, which does yeah. raise an eyebrow with the locals, um, but I'm still working my way into it. I've got an excuse, obviously, being being yeah. from another country. See, so I really have never been east. I'm going east for the first time, September, and I like, like every time I go to the bay, though, 
Like, I always get clam chowder. So is it different? Like, is it different clam chowder on the east, do you know? Or you just don't stay away from it entirely? I stay away from it entirely. My wife tries to force me a teaspoon every time yeah. uh, when she has it. But but I think it, it, it really matters. You know, it's, it's almost like going to, to a famous place in New York for the pizza. It's, yeah. it's slightly it's different. Yeah, different. exactly. You know? Okay, well, I'll have to get to the bottom of that when I head east this, this year. So, Dallin, this is your eighth Rugby Town Sevens, correct? You said you missed one because you were in Greece? Yes, yes. I had a small little trip to Greece, which, which looking back now, was obviously amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, uh, but I do feel bad I missed one of them. I played in 2012, actually, with Tiger yeah. Rugby and then been involved in, uh, in the broadcasting side of it you know, for, for the rest of the time. And it's really been amazing to see all the teams that have come through over the years, to see the diversity in the sides, to see the level increase over the time period uh, to where we are today. So how has it changed, like from your perspective, I guess, like playing in the first one and then obviously commentating almost all the rest of them besides one? Like, how have you seen the tournament change, I guess, just in type competitiveness and the quality of teams? Like, what's your just kind of your opinion on this tournament as a whole? I think when, when Rugby Town 7 started out, outside of the Armed Forces Championship, that's always been highly competitive. You know, yes, the Army have won all but one. The Marines won the first one. The 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 side, they were definitely a top four to six teams. And some of the other sides in the pools would, you know, would, would take some high scores. But as we've moved on the last few years, it's been very, very competitive. So much so that in some pools, there are three teams or four teams that are just missing out uh, or, or competing actually for the quarterfinal spots. Only two can go through from each pool. So from that point of view, that's been really exciting. I think what's really nice about Rugby Town 7 is too, it's given opportunity for American players to play at a very, very high level within their own country. You've seen the Collegial Americans, the Falcons, and now they're called the USA Under-23 side. So Mike Friday and the US 7's coaching staff really do watch this tournament we spoke earlier this week and he's like, I'm so excited to see these players. He listed a bunch of players, not just in the USA side. So I think that is really being good. The other big thing is people from around the world. When I commentate in the Sevens World Series, they always ask me about rugby in American. People watch the Rugby Town Sevens and, uh, and the fact that one of those teams, Team Germany, they yeah. spoke to me and said, hey, can we get an invite? And here they are playing in this <laughs> tournament. So, so great. That's crazy. I, think, I don't think that's something people realize and it is cool because I guess one thing that blows my mind is that it is still so young, like in the grand scheme of things, but it has been, it just feels like it's been around forever and it's always this big blowout. And, you know, we bring out all these big high caliber teams that come compete in it. And it's my favorite tournament of the year. And I'm just so happy it's back. So just how ready are, are you for this tournament? You know, we just talk about, we had a year off, like you're, you're ripped up roaring to go ready for this one. Yes. Yeah, so, so much. So you asked what I was up to like rugby wise, I suppose one, when, when the shutdown happened, I started a podcast called the rugby hive mm-hmm. just to keep connected, to chat to people. Cause everybody could chat via zoom. Everybody was available. Yes, yeah. So even some of the big hitters, like we've got Brian and Banner was our first yeah. guest in the normal world. We wouldn't have been able to call Brian and Banner and say, Hey, do you have an hour to chat to us? So that was, was amazing. The rugby hive uh, with uh, Robin uh, McDowell, who actually played here a couple of years back at rugby town seven. So he's a Canadian sevens international. Um, and then outside of that, there has been Magic Rugby, which has been great. So yeah. I've been keeping busy with that. There will be seven series events that return later this year. Um, but this really is my first sevens event yeah. in, in a while. Um, I've really missed it. The last one was Vancouver in in the 2019-2020 right. season, you know? So itching, itching to go. Yeah. So how – I know you just said you've had all this time to prepare, and I'm looking at your notes right here. Like, how do you prepare for this tournament? 
Yeah, it's a big one. I, well, you know, I would say every sevens event that you prepare for as a commentator is a barnstormer when it comes to work. And and my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm nerdily writing down every, every bit of bioinformation I can find on every single player. Now, here at this tournament, there are about 260 players. What's so great is that, you know, obviously the Rugby Town Seven staff, Kieran Nelson and them are so brilliant. Um, and we work together to send out questions that the teams fill out. Not all of the players do that. So some player who's like an Olympic gold medalist may just write, my name's Osir Kalinasau, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, I like going for long weeks and the long walks on the beach. And that's it. I'm like, okay, well, that that's great. I need to have more information. So sometimes I've got to dig deeper and do my own research. So each team, I have a legal sheet of paper, which is longer sheet of paper, which has all their names, their jersey numbers, and then a bunch of information about them because you never know who's going to do what and you need to be armed with that plus in the history of how they've done in the past um, the history of the tournament listing the previous winners so there's a lot of work that goes in uh, I would say for this tournament you know it's two weeks of prep to really get ready and get organized yeah. and I feel as a commentator to be successful you must prepare I've noticed just from talking to rugby guys you know doing the podcast and over the course of like they don't like to brag about themselves very much so you're right you do have to do some digging and do some work to find these little interesting tidbits I, I did captain the you know fiji to a gold medal at rio in 2016 but it's funny that you have to dig that out of people so when you're in the booth what's your setup look like like you got a computer rolling you have all these legal like what's your setup look like up there yeah exactly so generally there are going to be two two big screens uh, the one in front of me is going to be what the audience sees and so i call the live uh, play the play-by-play -play, if you will uh, and then my analyst or a color commentator is standing next to me they have a, a few more screens open up which is basically the replay cam um you know a couple other camera footages so they can see different angles when that comes up my setup is i like to have on the left of, my, of me, if I'm facing the field on the left of me, the team sheet is on the left. So I know that that team is the names are there and on the right is the other team and obviously switch them over at half time. Got my two legal sheets and then I have a bit, one extra sheet of paper, which is general information about the tournament, previous winners, any facts or any things we did need to do. Plus in another sheet, we there's a bunch of reads because oh, you have to do the ads yeah, in between as well. Ads too. You've, you got to pay the bills. And then what people don't understand is you have a director in your ear the whole time while you're talking and while you're trying to listen to your analysts as well. So there is a lot going on. So so look, sometimes when you say the incorrect score or something, there is so much happening. Yes, yeah. you're not an idiot. You obviously <laughs> there's just there you're trying to play off a million different things. Yeah. And sometimes there's a fire in the background. The the director's going you know going wild, and there's something happening. Cameras have shut down, but you need to be calm on yeah. air because the audience doesn't know, and you just need to be cool, calm, and collected <laughs> as well. So there's a lot happening. Oh man, I don't know if I could do it. Like I've always thought, like man, that would be kind of fun. Like I want to try that one time, and then you just talk about all that. Just you know, I'll just. <laughs> Stick to the right and in the tweet and in all that good stuff. So, but, but it is fun, pal. I will yeah. say it's, it's great fun because especially having done a tournament for many years, you get to know the players, the coaches, mm -hmm. and you're talking about the inside information. I would just go up to like a David Barry from the Jesters and be like, give me some stuff on your players. Yeah. And he will give me a bunch of funny <laughs> nicknames, funny stories yeah. that, you know, it's like I'm in the team by chatting to somebody like that. And then you've got gold to, to use all weekend. Uh, so I know you just said you just mentioned I know I've asked you before about how you come up with some of these nicknames but is there sometimes like does it just come off the top of your head like you're watching them do something and, absolutely I, yeah. I mean you know some of them are obviously given to you to you by their players or yeah. one of the questions we put in the bio sheet which I really like is tell me about your teammates any fun facts you yeah, have and that and then and then I put an example <laughs> you know so they realize hey it's not just saying so-and-so is really quick or they're a good friend yeah, of mine yeah. it's like saying well the, we call this guy the potato yeah. um, for whatever reason you know so then you have at least something to work with the other ones 
I, you can look at a player and come up with something. And one of them, which is my favorite ones from 2019, was Gavin D'Amore. He wrote in his bio sheet that he once blended a chicken, a chicken in his smoothie, and he wrote it tasted pretty good. Now, who does that, number one? Yeah. So number two, you're going to be called the chicken smoothie from now on. For sure. I don't know. I couldn't even think what question did, was on the sheet to even prompt that answer. Just tell me about yourself, and that's what he threw down exactly. there. Exactly. So. Interesting. What a, what a cat. He's playing this year, right? And you say? Absolutely. He's going to be in the in the dream team, nickname dream team again. Yes, he has to be. has to be. Yes, that's awesome. So uh, what are some players to watch? I know you just talked about the chicken smoothie. We could watch him because of his nickname, of course. But I'm sure there's a couple other guys that have caught your eye and, and your prep and that you're excited to see play this weekend. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a real array of players, which is really great. I mean, you've got players who are like 19 years old, like Donovan Law at Life University. I'm really impressed with him at the CRC7s. Eric Naposki is another one with the US under 23. All the way up to like Osio Kalinasau, who still, I saw him training today, was throwing you know more dummies in the Denver hospital. It was amazing. So Emma our players to watch. I've, I've seen Zach Pangelinen on the list, Johnny Ryberg, Christian Rodriguez, Rodrigue Waters, a bunch of them. Then you've got Speedsters and Aaron Martin, Deontay McMurray, that's Noodles, Derek Lipscomb. Samurai bring a, some heavy hitters from the Sevens World Series, Angelo Davids, Diavolt Human, Ryan Westason, and Delvin Blood as a youngster. And then the Jesters who are defending champions, of course, they got the likes of Harry McNulty, a Dougie Fife, and a Chris Wolf Elder. Again, this is just touching on a couple names. They're, each team has at least five to six standout players and that's kind of what makes this tournament so exciting right and i know this year it seems like maybe more so than the years past it seems like this could be anybody's tournament honestly like you know usually you can pencil in a couple teams you think are going to advance but this year's tournament seems especially deep so which are some teams that you think could win it all good question so if i had to run through the pools here it, let's go through the armed forces you know so army as we said are seven times champions marines have won it once uh, you've got the air force who are, who are always bring it coast guard and navy have been excellent in recent years and then uh, you know old old breeds select sevens could be really good too so that one's always a mixed bag where you're never sure outside of the army what's going to happen there but moving Across to pool B, D block Santa Rosa. That's with uh, Osir Kalinasau, mm -hmm. a bunch of gr very skilled players in that team. They they looked like a team that could advance easily. I haven't seen much of the Oregon Sharks or the Sabercat Sevens, but I know they're going to be good. They're bringing some players. They, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they're bringing real, real players that have excelled already. So they they easily could make it through. So-called Griffins, don't turn your nose up at them. They have some excellent players out of California. And then you've got the USA under 23 side. So honestly, <laughs> it, picking two sides out of that, good luck to you. It could be any of those sides. And that's why I think makes this tournament so exciting. So if I had to go out on a limb, I would like to see the under 23s, USA under 23s go through. And, you know, it's anybody's game it, who the other seed is outside of that. Pool C, two-time champion Denver 7 selects. You've got Gorilla Rugby out of Texas who've been excellent in recent years. Roots Rugby that have a brilliant founding and story and excellent players. Samurai, who we mentioned, have got their invitational side that are stacked with talent. They don't just come to a tournament, they come to win. And so mm -hmm. that's huge. And then Tsunami uh, Barbarians who also have a bunch of talented players. So I'm picking Samurai out of that pool and the Denver 7 selects based on history. But again, yeah, they're going to prove, prove me wrong. <laughs> anything could happen. So I like about Sevens Rugby. Exactly. I know I've asked you this before. Oh, sorry. Pull D, pull D. Yeah, one up. more, one sorry. more. Exactly. Yes. So we've got Barbarians. <laughs> Bedos there, um, who have a bunch of speeches on their side. The Colorado Exos is going to be, for me, the most interesting team to watch, purely because I have not seen them play sevens. I have seen <laughs> some of the athletes and some of the, the documentaries, some of the films. So really exciting. Uh, some of those players have already put their hands up and played MLR, which is huge. So this could be cool. I think personally, for a crossover athlete, sevens me is too. the way to go. Right. And I think they have a little bit of an, adva an advantage, just I guess in terms of like learning the game of rugby because they did start with 15s, right? So then this one will be like, oh, 
I don't have to think about this and that and this. I could just run. I just make my tackles and run. You are so right. So that is really exciting to watch. North American Lions against, again, a bunch of talented players. And then the two teams that that I think should advance here are the defending champions, the Rambling Jesters. Um, again, they've got a, a bunch of, of legendary names from MLR, USA players as well as a couple of internationals. And then Team Germany, who will be playing on the uh, HSBC World Rugby 7 Series. So it was going to be a pretty battle between those sides. Yeah, that is. It seems like a nice blend of teams that have been here before and some newcomers that are going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I know I've asked you this before in the past, Dallin, but do you have like a favorite memory that comes to the top of your head, one or two of this tournament in the past? Jeepers, that's a great question, and I know it's always tough to answer. If I look back at the previous champions, what I do like if I run my eyes down the list here, we mentioned the Rambling Jesters from 2019. The British Army was superb in 2018. That Fiji team, Fiji Savo Water, led by uh, Wasali Serevi, who's here again mm-hmm. coaching in 2017, that was a, really a favorite team to watch because they had current World 7 Series players and gold medalists, plus they had the old King of Sevens himself. Yeah. The way they played, I think, was so exciting. It was like art, as how I've described it. Like, it just... I don't know, man. It's just beautiful. And it doesn't it doesn't look like the way it's supposed to, quote-unquote, but it works. And it's just so pretty. And I believe they played the Jesters in the final that year, right? They did. They, su- they certainly did. Marlborough Compete is another team that I think of about that. They yeah, didn't win yeah. the tournament, but they were very excited to watch in recent years. The Denver team, I really enjoyed watching them, particularly when they won in 2015, 2016. The likes of Ben Pinkman, Martin Yosefo, yeah. and those players, they were enthralling to watch. And the fact that they were the team that was local yeah. and they were beating the top, top players in the world was exceptional. I remember one of those Denver teams that won. They played the Raptors team in the final. And it was just like the perfect summer night in Colorado. And it was just an awesome game. I think it came down to one or two scores. And everybody was hanging on every pass. That was just like an awesome feeling and just environment. That's one of my favorite memories. So I remember watching it up on the coach's corner, like as the sun was setting. That still like gives me chills kind of that, that and, one. And I'll tell you what, it's... It- you can watch any final back again and the finals are so thrilling just because you've got these two sides that have risen up through through the through the, the whole three-day weekend, which is a long tournament. It mm-hmm. is altitude plays a huge factor. It is hot out here as well. We obviously had the All-Americans, the Falcons uh, winning uh, over the years as well. Young players that would go on to be the Madison users, the Perry Bakers of the world. So the, those all definitely stand out. And I, I know this year's final again is going to be another bond right. donor. So, Dallin, I know this whole podcast kind of been like one big pitch, but say like my plans just got canceled for the weekend or I have a free afternoon Saturday. Why why should somebody come check this out if they've never seen it before? Maybe they don't even like rugby. Well, I think the great thing about rugby, particularly rugby sevens, is that it's easy to understand. Um, I never forget my father-in-law. He had never watched rugby in his life. He came to the USA sevens once. He just was blown away. He couldn't believe what these people were doing without pads, running, smashing each other, and scoring 100-meter tries. And then two new teams would come on and do the same thing. And so I think that's the intriguing factor. The action on the field is amazing. What I also love is it's a festival party vibe mm-hmm. and so yes you can bring the family and kids and they can enjoy it as well you can also come for the drinks there's there's something for everybody and i think that's what is so attractive about sevens the sport and about the entertainment value it's also three days you could come for one you can yeah. come for all of them so you know if people haven't come out to watch it give it a try just come for a few hours if you like it stay uh and then uh, you know I, I think they'll be back 62 matches i think for yeah. 20 dollars for a weekend pass right now that's that's a tough deal to beat so I'd recommend the same thing down. Uh, and I know you're talking about everything there is to do this year. Instead of the beer fest, I know there's going to be a bunch of old classic arcade games up on the on the festival plaza to the south of the stadium. So I got to ask you, what's your favorite video game? 
Oh man, there's so many old school games. And I think that's, you know, I'm dating myself now, but, but just one of the original back as a youngster was Pac-Man. I mean, it's an easy, oh, yeah. simple game, <laughs> but just super fun. And I still yeah. to this day would go to the arcade and I'd see a Pac-Man. It'll take me back yeah. to when I was a youngster and play that. Did you ever try to memorize the patterns or anything I, you know like what? that? I, I wasn't that advanced to memorize the yeah. patterns, um, but it was like sevens, just trying to, play, yeah. trying to play keep away. One of my roommates in college, there's a little uh, bar in Fort Collins called Sundance. I'm sure people listening are familiar with it. They have cheap drinks on Tuesdays, 25 cent beers. So he, my, and I had a friend that was really, really good at Miss Pac-Man. He knew the patterns for Miss Pac-Man, which I would assume is a little different than the patterns on regular Pac-Man, but he probably still has some records up there because he, he ran the Miss Pac-Man machine. Uh, and then final question down before I let you go is what character do you think would be best at rugby if you had to pick? A character from Pac-Man? From any game. Oh, goodness. You open it up. From uh, any game? Yeah. I, I mean. You, you could pick like uh, Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. He can like drop through the ground and appear behind you so you can even have to get tackled. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Well, there are probably, probably so many. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't even know the characters, like but ba- I think Bowser probably hard I, I, to tackle. Exactly, he's got spikes on his turtle shell. Exactly. And- well, the thing that the thing about the Mortal Kombat game was amazing is you had to have that code to be able to let them release yeah, their yeah. skill. I still don't know the codes, <laughs> so I, got, I, I played in the arcade in Austin the other day, okay, yeah. and um, I played against my missus, and she knew these bloody codes. Interesting. Beat me to pieces. Man, that's that's <laughs> tough. She's got more steps than the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I love it. So, Dallin, how do people keep up with all the stuff you got going on? You're a busy man. You're about to start calling rugby again uh, here on the world circuit. So just, you know, what's your social, how they keep up with your podcast. Feel free to plug anything you want right now. Thank you, pal. The podcast is at Rugby Hive uh, and on Instagram, it's at My Rugby Hive. So people can check out there. We've got some great guests about one one a month we're releasing nowadays because uh, now we're getting back to busy times. And then uh, I've changed my handle just to my name. So Dallin yeah, Stanford. I've that's, noticed that. Yeah, well, me for a loop there. Yeah, a well, bit. it's a bit easier for people to follow because yeah. there was the rugby corner, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I am myself. Change, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Think, got to move on, you know. Uh, yeah. But again, appreciate everything you do, promoting the game, the support. And again, this weekend is going to be thrilling and just can't wait to get some of the one-liners out there. Yeah, thank you for joining me, Down. Can't wait to, to hear you on the call. Thank you, pal. It's always champagne rugby. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with Down Stanford. It's been fun, you know, like I said at the top of the show. It's been fun just running around with him and, and hanging out and spending some time with him just because he's a, a great guy. He knows a lot about rugby and he knows a lot about this tournament. He's been to all of them but one, uh, and that's that's pretty rare. But it, it's cool to see someone that, that puts just that much care and thought and, and work into their work just to, to put make a good product. So big thank you to Dallin for taking the time out of his day. Like I said, we've been busy these last couple of days. Um, and he's been all over the globe, it seems like. So really appreciate that, and I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation. We'll go ahead and jump to the required reading portion of the show. Uh, shameless self-promotion here, but go read my Rugby Town 7's preview on the dmvr.com. Pretty basic info just to get you you know, into into all the storylines and what to watch for this weekend. But it's free. Just go check it out. It's on the dmvr.com. Just search up up in the top bar, Rugby, yeah, and that'll be the first thing that pops up after this podcast, of course, and I will link it in the article that houses this podcast as well in the description of your favorite podcasting app. So just scroll down and click on that. Go ahead and close the show at the loop. Got a good interview lined up for next week. I'm not going to spoil it just in case it doesn't come through, but I am very confident that it will come through. I had a couple points of contact with this fella, uh, so be sure to stick around with that one. I'm excited about it. Keep up with us on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler to, you know, to follow along when this crazy good interview comes out with this big guest, uh, and like I said, shoot me a DM if you're at the tournament and you want to meet, meet up and I'll come say what's up and I'll come beat you in NBA Jam. So 
looking forward to that. Hoping to meet some new people. I saw DNVR was giving away some Rugby Town tickets, of course. So if you if you were the lucky winner of those, just come say what's up to me. Uh, be happy to to if you if you're new to rugby, happy to just kind of talk you through what's going on. And uh, if you're not, just would love to say hello. So make sure you do that. That's the show for everybody this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy Rugby Town 7s. Come say what's up if you're there. And I'll catch you all back here next week.